Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. It is sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. And what a treat. This hour we have up until 1130, an in-studio visit from a great friend. Not his first time on KMOX, by the way. In fact, the last time I did this, one Tony LaRusso was listening and was very intrigued the fact that you and I were talking about one Robert Montgomery Knight, a dear friend of his. This is Ron Zetcher, a member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, among other halls of fame, one of the greatest referees, one of the greatest officials college basketball has ever seen. He's also a St. Louis native. How are you, Z? I'm terrific, and I'm, 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 um, I'm really impressed just with the studio walking in here, and it's great to see you. Great to see you, Zetch. We go way, way back. How far back? Since I was born. Uh, you and my dad were great friends, and you are a dear friend. I'll tell you that first and foremost. Thank you. Uh, before we start, <clears throat> I will say this. Uh, your dad, uh, Jim Mose, and Bob Barnes, those are three guys that I met when I was in the seventh grade at Hanley Junior High, and they were over at uh, White Island. And uh, we had some wonderful times together, and I and I miss your dad dearly. I appreciate that. He is a great man, and uh, we lost him way, way too soon. But he is in our hearts, that's for sure. And he's listening to this conversation. That is no doubt. Uh, we had some good times. That he's the reason I'm in sports. I mean, took me around to all these games, and no doubt, uh, my dad played a big part in that. Ron Zetcher, you played a big part. Uh, not only in his life, but in the lives of many in college athletics. As an official, uh, it has been a treat to watch you work, to understand the craft. And I do want to start with this, is I've already spoken so highly of you 
And I wish that that was the case. Before we get into some fun stories about your career, that I wish that was always the case when it came to officials. I feel like, and I understand that in the NBA, let's stick with basketball. In the NBA, in college basketball, it is a tough job. I mean, the crowd is on you. You've heard every word in the book, I'm sure. They all think they know the rules and, and, and know which is the correct call. But I'm talking about youth sports in particular. The fact that these officials don't get paid a lot, some of them even volunteer their time, to go out and make sure that these games are played fairly, I feel like we are losing them. And it's a profession where we're starting to see less and less, and I wish we could create it back to where it's a job that feels good to do. Uh, how do you feel about what you're seeing right now? Do we have a shortage of officials in our game? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I have a grandson right now who's a, uh, he's a junior varsity basketball player at Parkway West. So I've gone to, um, he's played three games this year, and I've, I've been to all three of them. Um, in the JV game, they only use two officials. They probably need three for sure, but they can't get a third official because there's, there's just such a shortage. And I watch the games, and, you know, I, I know enough about officiating to know that at least these guys are doing the best they can. Are, are they really good? Dave Phillips made a great comment to me years ago. I was complaining about some umpires in uh, one of my older grandson's baseball games. I think he was in the eighth grade. And I was telling Phillips, guy, they don't know the strike zone. And, did, but, and Phillips said to me, Zetch, what time does your grandson play? I said, I don't know, 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. He said, be thankful you've got some guys who at least show up for that game. And it really, it, it was an eye-opener. And we, we, we do need to treat those people with more respect. And we, we need to tell our young athletes, listen, if those two guys don't show up, guess what? There won't be a game. That's correct. Young athletes, coaches, and parents, and fans in general. They all play a part in making this a good experience for all, including a good experience for those officials. That's what I would point to also, is that as tempting as it can be, and I would never tell fans what to do except for this, when it comes to youth sports, how much are you paying to go to these games at most $5? Okay, so I understand that you're paying to get into the building in some cases. Let the coaches coach. Let the officials officiate. That's my request. I, I agree with you 100%, Tom. And I'll, I'll be very honest and very candid. You know, um, my whole life I, I, I competed as an athlete, I coached, and I officiated. And then all of a sudden, I was not doing any one of those three things. And um, I was not the best spectator at the beginning because I had no control. You know, when you're a coach, you have control. When you're an official, you definitely have control of the game. And when you're a player, you control the outcome of, of your ability while you're on the field or on the court or whatever you're doing. And it really was hard for me. And I, I had a few people who were very close to me tell me, hey, man, you need to just kind of watch your games, sit back and relax. And I, I've done a lot better. I was very, very um, – I wasn't the best spectator that we're talking about when my oldest grandson started playing high school sports. And I, I regret it because I don't think I enjoyed his games – as much as I should have. It's interesting. So you were a coach, as you mentioned, after your playing career, and, and you did play a lot of sports throughout your life. 
and continue to do. You still look like you'd probably get out there and knock down a few jumpers. Uh, you uh, coached. In fact, Matt Pauley, our KMOX Sports Open Line host, just to let me know that you were his freshman football coach uh, at Ladue. Uh, you went into officiating around that same time. What? When did you do that and why? I went to um, Johnny Mack's sporting goods store one evening, and I, I had I had started umpiring some baseball. And I went down to Johnny Mack's sporting goods to uh, buy some umpire equipment. It was probably in, in um, maybe a January. And while I was there, he said, hey, listen, he said, uh, you were a basketball player. He said, you want to go referee some basketball games? I said, sure, when? He says, tonight. I said, tonight? Yeah, he said, there's a Baptist church league and uh, we, we need a referee down there. So he gave me a shirt, and I think I just kept the pants on that I was wearing some khakis or whatever, and I went down there. I thought, well, this is going to be a you know, big deal, you know. And these are, these were men, 30, 35-year-old guys, and they uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I laugh about it. They uh, get down there, and they look at me like, who's this guy? And I don't, I don't even remember who I was refereeing with some man. And, and they, uh, they say a prayer before the game. I mean, it's the most really beautiful religious setting. And then the game starts. And I mean, you talk about hearing every word, and it was an eye-opener. And I refereed in that league for about a year and a half. And I'll tell you what I learned. I learned how to try to learn how to control tough men. You know, guys, they were they were on me all the time. I was young. They were older men. And and um, after a while, you stand up and you, you kind of take charge. And that was the beginning of how it started. And I, I'm thankful to Johnny Mack forever. Wow. Uh, you had to know the rules of the game. You felt confident about that going in. But how, what do you learn along the way as an official? And how do you advance, I guess, is a better question. How do you get to the level that you got? You got to the, to the highest level of college basketball. <clears throat> I think it's changed. Um, when, I, when I was uh, breaking into officiating, there weren't summer camps. They didn't have referee camps. And so in, in my case, I found out at a later date what really uh, helped my career. I rep the read the uh, Missouri State Large School Championship three years in a row. And it's kind of an interesting story, Tom. The first year, every referee that I knew in St. Louis called me and congratulated me and said, this is the greatest thing, Ron, and we're a while. The second year, about half those guys called me. And the third year, they were calling Columbia, asking them, why does the same guy get to referee the state tournament every year? So, you know, there, there's a lot of competition involved. And um, after, after the third year, I uh, got a phone call from Bernie Sagaw, who was the, um, he was the Iowa High School Activities Association director, just like Jack Miles here in uh, Missouri. And they were very good friends. And Jack Miles apparently had recommended me to Bernie and Bernie Sagal called me and offered me a job. And I and I well, yeah, it was in nineteen seventy-five. I said, Man, I'm honored. Well, about a day or two later, a guy named uh, Bud Olson, who was the uh, supervisor of the ABA, he called me and said, We need a a, a guy from your area. You wanna you wanna join the ABA? So I thought, Well, that's professional basketball. That's like the epitome, right? So I called Bernie Sagal back, and I told him what had happened. He says, if that's what you want to pursue, go ahead. Uh, and if it doesn't work out, 
just call me. And I thought, well, yeah, we've heard that before. Well, it didn't work out. And I did call him, and God bless Bernie Sagaw, he rehired me. And that's how it started. And you started not only, by the way, did you do basketball, but football and baseball and uh, the Missouri Valley Conference actually was your first college experience in, in, on the baseball side. But in particular, your most success, what you're best known for, is your run in basketball. And in that year, 1975, was your first year in the Big Eight. And that started a 30-year run in the Big Eight. Now, for those who who go don't go back as far, the Big 12 was the Big Eight, then added some teams. The Big Eight at its heyday was as good a basketball conference as any of them right now. The Big 10, the ACC, the Big East, you name them. That Midwest collection of teams in the Big 8 who sold out arenas was amazing. And you came in contact with some great ones, including Norm Stewart. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I, I knew Norm Stewart as a young kid, and he wasn't a whole lot older than me, but he was a, um, he was a freshman baseball coach at Missouri. And that's where I started off my education. I wasn't there very long. I came back to Washington U. But when I was there, Norm was my freshman baseball coach. And he tells a story today. He says, man, he says, you had the greatest arm in the world. He said, but every time you got on the mound during uh, practice, he says, I, I didn't stand on the field. He said, I got behind the screen, he says, because you had a hard time finding the plate. <laughs> and that's Norm Stewart. You know, what, I, I love the guy. I really do. What was he like in uh, game situations? On that floor at Hearn Center. When I first started, um, I'll be very honest, um, I was intimidated by him because I knew him and I knew how tough a guy he was. And it took me a while to to gain his confidence, I think. He was very hard on me. And, you know, it wasn't like he knew me. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, I know Ron when he was, you know, a young kid down here. He was tough. But um, Norm Stewart, he was not a loud coach two officials, but sarcastic beyond belief. <laughs> and he could say things to you that were just unbelievable. Um, and after a while, we, we started to um, have a good relationship. And um, one time, I'll give you a quick story about Norm. I, I had a Kansas-Missouri game, and um, it, it, in the first half, and I was with two very young guys, guys who had just broke into the uh, Big 8. This at Hearns or Allen? No, this at Hearns. Okay. And there was a question about it, um, uh, an extra timeout or not enough timeouts the first half, and, and I went over to the scores table, and I realized that, the, that we had been correct. So we should have assessed him a timeout, and we didn't. We got in the locker room, and um, all of a sudden my, you know, my light bulb went on. I said, you know, I said, Missouri has an extra timeout coming to them. And the two guys said, yes. I said, which one of you guys want to go tell Norm? <laughs> so... They, you know, they both like it. Um, uh, I said, okay. So our locker room was right next to Missouri's locker room at the time. They changed that. But at the time, you were actually right next to their locker room. So we come out, and the girls are still dancing out on the floor and everything else. And Norm's standing there with his team. And I said, Coach, I said, I have uh, something you're not going to like to hear. He says, oh, okay. What What now? You know, you know, real sarcastic. I said, well, I said, at first half, um, that was a timeout that we didn't assess you when you, you know, questioned uh, timeouts and we were correct. So we're going to assess you right now. He looked at me and he goes, yeah, okay. That's a, a junior high rule. 
and uh, junior high referee right now is going to apply it. <laughs> <laughs> he made sure that you walked away knowing that. Oh, yes. But a heck of a coach mm-hmm. and a great friend, Norm Stewart. You also remain very close uh, through the years you were with Bob Knight. And I mentioned it from the start that Tony LaRussa uh, was glued to our interview, and this was probably 20-plus years ago now because I was a, a youngster at KMOX, and part of the reason I became uh, friendly with Tony and why he opened up to me was partly because of this interview that you and I did about his friend Bob Knight. He thought it was important that the truth come out uh, about someone who had a, a very tough image. People have an image of him throwing a chair and being a bully. Not that he didn't do those two things, but he also was very smart when it came to the game. And how did the two of you get to know each other? Well, I think the first time that I that I really had a uh, uh, a meeting with Bob Knight is um, Bob Murray. I don't know if you remember the name Bob Murray. He was a uh, oh he 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 had a. Uh, uh, a good career over at Merrimack as an AD, and he uh, worked for a couple sporting goods stores. And anyway, he, Bob Murray used to have these uh, uh, Coach of the Year clinics, and uh, basketball was not one of them. It was always a football and type of thing. So anyway, one day Bob Murray said he's going to start having some basketball clinics, and he's going to need some referees. So I went to Indiana at a, at a, a referee camp that Bob Murray had uh, started. And that's where I met Bob Knight. And there were a couple things that I, that I, uh, he, he was very nice to me. I mean, you know, I was a guest, I guess. He looked at me as a guest that I was bringing these referees there and everything else. And he came in and talked to the referees once. And it was, it was awesome what he told these referees. But he took me into the uh, Indiana locker room one day. And he, uh, he showed me that they have the names of every player above the locker that they uh, had when they were playing for him and your name doesn't go on that locker unless you've graduated. I don't care who you are. So the second or third year I worked at that camp, I'm walking out and Knight would have this, um, three or 400 high school coaches. And so I walked out and I was listening to him and, uh, this guy walks up to me. I, I can tell he's an athlete. He says, um, is coach Knight near here now? I said, I think he just finished with the coach. I think he went over to the uh, big, you know, the big uh, rec center where all the high school teams are playing. He says, "You sure?" I said, "Yeah." Why? He said, "Well, he said I want to, I want to, I want to shoot a little in here, but I don't want him to see me." It was Isaiah Thomas. Wow! Didn't want to see, see because he had walked out on night, remember, mm-hmm. and didn't graduate, and. Knight had promised his mother that he would graduate if he came to Indiana. Well, he finally eventually came back there, I think, and graduated. But you know what? His name was not up on that locker. And I respected the heck out of Bob Knight for that. Isaiah Thomas might have been one of the greatest players he ever had. Why, during games, did you have such a good rapport with Coach Knight? Not, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it was perfect. I'm sure there were some, some moments. But it seemed like he respected you as you worked Big Ten and other conferences. Well, I I, I listened to him, and um and I and I learned um that if he if he had a question, the guy probably know knows a little bit about basketball, you know. So if and and he didn't he wasn't one of these guys who you know barked all night. I mean, if he said something to you, and I can tell you a couple incidents that I had with him, um, 
I had a he had a preseason tournament every year, and it either had an, in Indianapolis or he'd have it on his campus. So this was in Indianapolis, and they're just beating the daylights out of TCU. You know, he always had he was good night. He would bring his old coaches back, so they could make a little money on you know how they pay him to come play in those tournaments. And you know, I don't think he ever lost a game in that four team tournament ever, but. They're beating TCU something terrible, and he yells at me. He says, and Bob Bob was probably at his worst when he was way ahead because he's bored. Okay, he says, um, that's a travel. So I, I just ran by him and second time and a third time. Well, finally, I and I made a mistake. I said, it's not traveling. Oh, boy. He looks at me. He says, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. I said, what, 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 what the hell do I know about basketball? <laughs> so... I was um, working with a guy named Ron Grissom, and we were rooming together. And we the next day was going to be the second day of the so the phone rings in the morning, and Grissom says this is a guy. He gives me a name, and I said it's probably somebody who wants tickets. I said I don't have any tickets. I don't want to talk. Hang up. Guy calls back in about ten minutes. Same deal. So anyway, about the third time, the guy quit calling. So that night, we worked the first game, Grissom and I, because night was good to us. He he knew that we had lived in St. Louis, worked the first game. We can get in the car and get home that same night and not have to worry. So after our game, we go into the locker room, and the crew for the second game is there, and there's Phil Bova. I don't know if you remember the name Bova. He was big time. He says to me, come here, come here. I need to talk to you, buddy. And I said, what? He says, come here. He says, you know... That guy who was calling you all morning and you wouldn't answer the phone. I said, I don't know who he was. He says, that was Knight's student manager. And he had put together, this is unbelievable, the clips of all the travels you missed the night before. <laughs> and he wanted you to see them. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't make it up. Yeah. <laughs> Just meticulous. No oh. doubt about it. As prepared a coach as ever. Oh. Before we go, we talked about Coach Stewart, Coach Knight. Give me another coach that stands in your mind that was influential or meaningful to you. <clears throat> Nolan Richardson. Nolan Richardson. You want to talk about an intimidating guy? There you are. Wow. Um, and I first, um, I first met him when he brought that junior college team Almost his entire starting lineup, they had won the National Junior College Championship, and Tulsa hired Nolan, and Nolan came to Tulsa with this team, and they were unbelievable. And um, we had a really, really just brutal um, semifinal game. I think it was his second year there or third year, and um, he 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 really did. He got he got um, the bad end of a uh, official score. Uh, assessing his team an extra timeout, and there's no way we could change it. I mean, I knew, but there was nothing I could do because the official score, that's that's it. So he was so angry with me. I mean, he thought I should have changed it, and he called me names, chased me off the floor. And then I had the first game of Tulsa and Wichita the next year, and he was waiting for me, and I knew it. And uh, the game started, and he started on me, and I teed him. And uh, at halftime, we were walking off the floor, and he's running after me. And, and I was working with Bob Dibler. And Dibler played with Nolan when, when they played uh, for Haskins, you know, on that UTEP uh, 
team. So he's telling Diver how horrible I am and everything else. And I won't tell you what he said. I had a, I had a little curly perm at the time. And I'm not going to tell you what he told me that perm looked like, but you can just use your imagination. And that's what he said. And after that, we had a great relationship. And when he got hired into the uh, Southwest Conference at Arkansas, all of a sudden, I got a phone call from uh, Paul Galvan, who was a supervisor, asking me if I wanted to work in that league. And I thought, why, what, 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 what do you want me in this league for? He says, Nolan Richardson's the only team that's not a Texas team, and he wants somebody who's not from Texas. Wow. That legendary Nolan Richardson, a oh. national champion at Arkansas. We're talking to a legendary official. That is Ron Zetcher, a Hall of Famer. He's in the Greater St. Louis Amateur Baseball Hall of Fame, the St. Louis Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. And thank you for coming back to KMOX. It's great to catch up with you, Zetcher. It's great catching up with you and um, also uh, revisiting your pop. He's great. Thank you so much. That would be Bill Ackerman. We miss him dearly. We have a lot to catch up on in our last half hour. It's sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. We'll tell you who's in the college football playoff next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice. From the Stiefel Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman with you. Extended conversation there with Ron Zetcher. Appreciate you hanging on through the break. Great to catch up with the Hall of Fame official. It is official. The college football playoff rankings are in. And just as we predicted, number one is Georgia. Number two is Michigan. Number three is TCU. And number four is Ohio State. There's your top four going into the college football playoff. The first of two games will be one against four. That will be the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, and it'll be Georgia playing right at home, taking on Ohio State. 
I would not count out Ohio State packing fans into that building. I maintain that the number one traveling fan base in all of college football is Ohio State. Number two might surprise you. I still think it's Nebraska. They can fit people into pretty much anywhere. If they could ever get it back, they'd be great. But anyway, uh, they now have Matt Rule as their coach. It's pretty good. But anyway, Ohio State is back in, and their fans have to be thrilled. Now, they'll be taking on Georgia, which will be a sizable favorite. Not overwhelmingly so, but should win that football game. Ohio State will be ready to go. Michigan and TCU will play in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona later that day. The college football playoff with the national championship at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles on January 9th, a Monday night. There you go. One Georgia, two, Michigan, three, TCU, four, Ohio State. Time for our NFL picks. We do it every Sunday. We give you the top two games to keep an eye on, and I always make sure they are games that everybody can see here locally. The first one would be one that I hope you also listen to, and that is Kansas City at Cincinnati. It's a 325 kickoff on KMOX. If you want to watch it, it's on CBS. Chiefs are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm taking them. Chiefs minus two-and-a-half. Take it to the bank. Chiefs are going to go to Cincinnati and win that game. They are playing well. They just came off a good win. Uh, It was not an offensive show off by any chance. I thought that the Rams actually played some pretty good defense on them, but the Chiefs won the game 26 to 10. I say they open it up a little bit more at Cincinnati today and cover that two and a half point spread. Bengals are playing well right now, uh, but they are their team that can give up points. I mean, they gave up 32 to Cleveland. Uh, They gave up 30 to Pittsburgh I, I mean, I can't see him slowing down Kansas City necessarily. I like the Chiefs covering two and a half on the road. I, you know, I, I don't see how they won't do that. Uh, meanwhile, your other game, I, I'm going to say the night game tonight, Indianapolis at Dallas and the Cowboys at ten and a half. I hate that half point, ten and a half point favorite home against the Colts. I got to go Dallas here. I mean, their pass rush, their defense, they're playing really, really well right now. Um I, I I mean, they're coming off back-to-back wins against the Vikings and the Giants and look pretty good doing it. I like them winning this game by more than 10.5. I'll take them as well, the favorite, minus 10.5 against the Colts. Quick timeout. We'll come back with more on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Right after this. It's a gutter. Big fly. Nolan Arenado. Driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
Welcome back to the show. It is 1143 from the Stiefel Sports Studio. This is sports on a Sunday morning. Our Blues breakdown now. The Blues lose it. Final score 6-2 at Pittsburgh. And Craig Berube, their head coach, was not very pleased, to say the least. Asking the questions here, Post-Dispatch beat writer Jim Thomas. Yeah, we'll try to get to that here in just a second. We'll get right back to it. Craig Berube and the Blues. With that uh, loss yesterday, uh, they fall to 11-13 and 13 on the season. And we'll see if we can get this audio to play. Might not be able to. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's do this. Uh, and it's not it's not going to play out of this computer. Uh, has decided. So I'll give you the the basics. He said that the penalty kill is horse bleep. Uh, he said that a couple of times. So that's something that we can't play on KMOX anyway. He also said that this team, if they don't start playing and buying in uh, as a group, it's not going to change. I repeat, if he's, if they're not going to play as a team and continue uh, to compete consistently, things are not going to change. That is a bit disturbing. Uh, it has been a tough way to go for Craig Berube, but he said we need a lot more guys to step up and play better, help the team win. We don't have enough guys right now. Everybody has to step up. He said, right now, we're not good. We don't have enough people going in the right direction in all areas of the game, all of them, everybody. It's not good enough. And until more guys step up and play better and we start pulling together as a team, it won't change. This is alarming, to say the least. Now, the other thing is that Jordan Bennington went a little haywire in this game. He punched a player as he was coming around the back of the net. Uh, He chirped at the Penguins bench as he was pulled from the game. They also didn't have Jordan Cairo because of an illness. He was out, but that's no excuse. Uh, The Blues need to be better than this. And according to Barubi, Bennington just needs to stop pucks. Uh, It doesn't help any when he goes out of his way to complain or to get emotional towards the other team, take shots, whatever it is. The only shots he needs to worry about, and this is coming from me here, not Baruvi, the only shots he needs to worry about are the ones coming off the opponent's sticks. He allowed four goals on 17 shots and was pulled. Be better. Not only Bennington, who is one of the leaders of this team and perhaps the face of the franchise, but the rest of the team. This was not a good effort by the Blues by any stretch. They are better than this, I think. I mean, maybe they're not but they should be. They've lost now five of six and three in a row. They lose it at Pittsburgh six to two. That was pretty bad. Here's something that is good, and that is the St. Louis Rowing Club. And to discuss that with us are three members of that club all joining us on the phone right now. Grant Scooby is with SLU High. Josh Yin is is with Ledoux Horton Watkins High School, and their coxswain is Nate Lee from MICDS. They are all with us on the phone, the St. Louis Rowing Club. Gentlemen, good morning. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Doing great. I also want to mention a great friend, and that would be Trip Jones. 
who is a good member of that group. There are others, too. James Polanka and uh, Drew Jones, a great supporter. All, all the Joneses, the Polankas, uh, have helped set this up, and we thank them very much for it on Sports on a Sunday Morning. But the St. Louis Rowing Club, and Grant, I want to start with you and ask you, as a captain, how proud you are of this team and what they've accomplished. Yeah, it's really great what we've been doing this year especially because and last year. Because last year was our first time uh, we'd ever won the Midwest Championships in rowing in the past 25 years. And so we won uh, both the first eight event, which is an eight-person boat, and the first four for the first time ever. So it was really great. Josh, what does it take to be on this team and to accomplish what you've been able to do? Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot. Um, it's, it's definitely like a time commitment. Uh, we come out every single day. Um, but we have 40 guys out every single day uh, training hard and uh, doing their best. And I think that um, rowing teaches you these great qualities, uh, like hardworking, uh, like ownership of your actions. Perseverance yeah. and all that. Yeah, perseverance. And it just, it just, it's just a great sport, and um, it's just a great experience. I appreciate that. Uh, this, again, is Grant Scooby, Josh Yin. They are the captains of the St. Louis Rowing Club, and their coxswain is Nate Lee. And, Nate, uh, Coxswain is like a director in a way. You are the one who is uh, helping them along. You're also steering uh, the boat, aren't you? Right. That's um, something that people get confused a lot about. They're like, oh, what do you tell your rowers? Um, it's really complicated. You're kind of like an orchestra conductor where you're leading them through the race. The race. You're telling them their race plan. giving them. You're being the eyes and ears of the boat. And really, you're the one that makes the decisions for how you're going to race and how to execute your race. You know, it's really amazing, Grant, the amount of travel that you all put in as well. I mean, you know, we all know there are only uh, limited places here in St. Louis uh, to do what you do. But you do that well. I don't want to circle back to that in just a bit. But tell us about some of your travels, if you would. Yeah, so there really isn't a club anywhere near us. So the closest uh, place that we go to is Indianapolis. And the places we go to are Cincinnati, Columbus, uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Chicago Sprints over the summer, which is right on Lincoln, right in Lincoln Park, which is really awesome. And then for nationals in the spring, we go to Sarasota, Florida, at this beautiful facility that and, they built for run. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Josh, what are those trips like? I mean, obviously, a great bonding experience, which is probably necessary if there's any sport where a group needs to bond. It's rowing. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Um, the trips are a lot of fun. We uh, we load onto like a big travel bus. You know, we, we like get this nice travel bus. We load on there, um, and then we room together. Uh, and usually, it's it's really easy on the parents, especially because the parents don't actually have to go to all the regattas with the rowers. Like we take care of everything. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of safety. Like we do room checks, um, and it's like really well run. Yeah, I think that's important to note as we are talking to three very well-spoken high school students here. And, Nate, I think it's important uh, probably for life. I mean, you'll learn this later in life how important this experience was, that uh, a lot like life, if you want to succeed in business, uh, a team is necessary. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, in rowing, it's pretty much the ultimate team sport. Like, your timing has to be within milliseconds of each other. And it really teaches you to trust the people around you and they have to trust you back. So collaboration is really important. You know, that also translates to other places like school. Like growing has like a bunch of things like determination, perseverance, resilience. 
and accountability. It all translates to other parts of life, like you mentioned, um, especially in school, too, where even though it's a large time commitment towards rowing, we're allowed to use these values that we learn during practice to help us, like especially in our school, to like, let us get good grades. This is Nate Lee, MICDS, Josh Yin of Ladue, and Grant Scooby of SLU, members of the St. Louis Rowing Club. Grant, you're one of the captains along with Josh. Nate is the coxswain. And Grant, I'll ask you, where do you practice? How can people uh, see what you do? Yeah, it's really awesome because it's really accessible to everyone because we're out at Creepcore Lake, and, uh, you know, it's within, uh, you know, a good short little drive for, uh, from any area in St. Louis. So, really, anyone can come out and uh, try out. We have uh, tryouts this, uh, this winter for people that want to start out on the uh, rowing machines with us. And then there's also, it's from, uh, it's December 10th at uh, 1230, Saturday. That's, our, uh, that's the tryout. And then there's tryouts in the spring and tryouts in the fall for new rowers as well. It sounds like uh, that could be rather cold. Uh, on... uh, <laughs> definitely. Do you prefer, I mean, how much does weather, staying uh, with you, Grant, how much does weather affect what you do? Yeah, so for us, we have the winter, obviously, which kind of keeps us limited to what we can do because the lake can freeze over. So a lot of our winter practice is uh, spent inside on the rowing machines. And whereas, you know, some, some teams in like Florida and California, they can row all year round, but we get to really take advantage of the winter season to get stronger and to get more, a better endurance. Josh, that's interesting. What about age range, Josh? Uh, how young uh, can you be? What, what uh, ages are you seeing coming out and, and rowing? Yeah, so typically um, guys start from 13 to 16, so between eighth grade and sophomore year. Um, me, I started uh, as a 12-year-old, uh, which is a bit younger than normal. Um, but I've been doing this for uh, six years, and it's just been a great experience. Wow, that's great. Nate, uh, how does one become a coxswain? Now, again, uh, you're like in charge of navigation, uh, whereas the others are providing power. How, how do you decide that? Yeah, so um, coxswains are usually on the smaller side. I remember um, initially I started rowing. Um, I used to play soccer before I got pushed around a lot. And I was like, my mom was like, hey, you're kind of intelligent and you're small. You'd be a good coxswain. So, you know, I tried out and I fell in love with the sport immediately. I mean, I think that's how most of us get hooked on it. It's really addictive. Um, so, yeah, just tryouts. You just drink tryouts. You just see where you fit. You try everything out and just see what you want to do. What about, you know, you look at, um, by the way, our former executive producer, uh, Ben Boyd, was an outstanding uh, member of the Boston University uh, rowing team and actually received uh, financial aid for going and play. I mean, you, you got to think about college, don't you? I want to stay with our coxswain. That would be uh, Nate. You think about, you know, the possibility of doing this at another level, do you? Um, yeah, so rowing's like a really big thing that can um, help you get into college. Um, we've got, on both the boys and girls team, we've got multiple um d1 commits so josh you're yeah i'm committed to princeton university um i'm currently committed to yale university and then um on the girls team uh there's one there's one girl going to unc one going to dartmouth uh ohio state wisconsin um and then a few others i mean listen to this coming out of st louis now this is education for a lot of people who think about moving forward in sports. What a great opportunity. Grant, I think that's a good point to bring up is that the women are also competing in this. 
Yeah, exactly. And they're almost just as competitive as us. We both do really well nationally. Uh, both of us sent boats to uh, nationals in Florida last year. And uh, even the girls' team usually has uh, more rowers than the guys' team does. So it's very popular for girls. Let them know. St. Louis Rowing Club is making waves, shall we say, here in this country when it comes to rowing and competition. The closest they can get to is Indianapolis because we have limited uh, places where you can do that, but they do practice at Creepcore Lake. Uh, finally, Josh, I'll turn to you for this. Uh, how can people help? Uh, what can they do to make you even more successful? I think the biggest thing is just getting guys uh, and girls who are between the ages of 13 and 16 uh, to come down and just try it out. Um, regardless of if you're playing another sport, we have a lot of people who um, play sports, like they, they play other sports in the in the winter or in the fall, um, and they'll row for two other seasons, and it typically makes them um, a lot better. And uh, by the way, no one who starts rowing in St. Louis has any experience, so we all started from zero, um, and we teach you completely how to row. Trouts are completely free, um, and it's great things to come down. So if you have like a child or uh, who's between the ages of 13 and 16 or a grandchild, it's great to just get them out, uh, get them moving, and have some fun. Well, this has been great. And by the way, we didn't even mention it, but it is an outstanding workout. I'm sore just thinking about it. Uh, Grant Scooby of SLU, Josh Yin of Ledoux, Nate Lee of MICDS, St. Louis Rowing Club on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Thank you very much for being with us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. From the Stiefel Sports Studio, what a show. I mean, we didn't touch every sport, but we came pretty close, Drew. Back after the news with Scott Jagow on KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.